0: the truth news network a toddler slips through the fence and the secret service shuts down the white house when seriously did the leader of the free world begin to fear three-year-olds more to the point is this going to become a trend Well, Mark Twain did say that diapers and politicians should be changed frequently and for the same reasons, so I'm guessing there's a point of commonality with the Oval Office. We're TNN, the Truth News
1: Network.
2: And unlike others, you can believe what comes from our leader, Dan Newman.
0: (laughs) Uh, Pete Moss just doing a little bit of meddling this morning, wasn't he? We got to change our babies... (laughs) And our leaders for the same reason. I don't know of a better way to describe what you and I are living in today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to TNN Live. I hope you're having a great week. We're, gosh, already half gone. As many of you know, I've been out of the country for almost 10 days, four of which was flying to and flying from um Zimbabwe Africa where I've been in meetings you heard the show live from there we'll be over the next maybe week or two we'll be talking about some of the really important pieces I didn't go there on vacation I went there for purpose I went there for cause and I'm going to share some of those things with you but we have got to do some catching up today we got a bunch that we need to visit about and I got scolded the other day by none other than my wife when I was in Zimbabwe I talked about my favorite smooth jazz artist of all time. His name, Michael Franks. Many of you have heard of him. Many of you have not. Our two daughters call his music elevator music. And of course, they're much younger than we are. Elevator music doesn't mean today what it meant when we really thought it was cool. When we got on the elevator in a big building and they had music that you could listen to when you went from floor to floor. Boy, those times were innocent our parents could take care of us with a song playing in the elevator. (laughs) What about the distractions our kids and grandkids are dealing with? They're out the wazoo in comparison. All that being said, so that I can apologize, maybe make up for it a little bit, I'm going to play you two Michael Frank songs. The first one at the top of the show. And you're going to hear What About Smooth Jazz I Like. This song, you may have heard it Top 40 Radio back in the 80s. It was in the Top 20 for a long time. But you're going to hear his voice, very high, very obvious. And this song is called Your Secrets Safe With Me. Just relax for a few minutes with me, okay? Okay. The softer side of the FM dial, 107.9 WTPI, Indianapolis. Yeah, that was the station that I worked at when this kind of music was going on. And it's memorable to me. I knew somebody, there would be somebody that would weigh in electronically during that song. And sure enough, it happened. My old musician buddy, James Posey, he said, I like that guy. And then he said, great driving music. Well, if you don't like it for any other reason than that, it's very calming kind of sound. And let me just give you a heads up as we move to the bottom of the show. I'm going to play another one of his big, big hits. it has got a great title, too. Buona, he no home. <laughs> you just got to be there. <laughs> you got to be there. Yeah, I'm in a good mood. I spent 22 hours on a plane to get back here and get in a good mood, but it was all worth it. I was with some very powerful heavyweights in all in meetings all last week and through the weekend with some very powerful people. I'll tell you a little bit about some of it. One of the people that was there you've heard on our show four times and that's Dunstan Teo. He is the founding manager of Bitcoin. He's from Singapore, Japan, uh, Singapore, Singapore. I don't know why I said Japan. Singapore is its own sovereign country, and the city is the whole country. It's an island on the southern coast of Malaysia. So anyway, he was there, another gentleman from South Africa, very plugged in, very wealthy, very great guy, person individually, as is Dunstan. His name was Leandro Samuels. And then Tom Deschel, longtime good friend of mine, he's from Denver, got into the ministry very young, and he's taken his family, built a family and perpetuated that family in Zimbabwe, Africa, pastors a huge church there. So I give you a little hiccup about what will be coming up in those conversations. In fact, Dunstan may join us later in the week. He left going back to Singapore, and he's got other travels that he's doing. I'm not sure where he is, but we're we're going to speak today. Speaking of speaking today, one of your favorites on this show, Steve Baker, will be here in our second hour. I know he's normally here on Tuesdays, but his schedule nor mine was conducive to that to happen this week. So he'll be here, and I know he's got some updates for you you don't want to miss. So that's at the top of the second hour. Now, you didn't straighten all this mess up in the U.S. while I was away. Why not? You followed down on the job. You were supposed to have it all back in tip-top shape. Barriers would go up at our southern border like the Constitution and Federal immigration law says they should and everything's operational, right? Well, it depends on who you listen to. If you listen to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, everything's great. Just go get some ice cream. You might see President Biden at the ice cream cone stand, right? Nope. You didn't fix it. The other thing, the John Durham report comes out while I'm away. I read the whole thing. Yeah, it was pretty shocking. It confirmed a lot of things. We're going to discuss some of those things, the highlights. But probably here and maybe Fox News and Newsmax are the only places you're going to hear anything about it. Any remaining shreds of integrity in the journalism industry, they're gone. They're done at the, I guess, the release of that special counsel John Durham's final report. Some in corporate media even avoided mentioning anything about it. Others are shamelessly doubling down, as are a few of our representative, integrous individuals in Congress. For years, I mean years, many of us have known what the fake news has refused to admit about that Russia collusion hoax that was perpetrated against one person, one person only, former President Donald Trump. So you would think journalism, of all places where we're supposed to be just flooded with integrity, everything we hear and see, absolutely, you can rely on it, make decisions on it, right? Well, instead of acknowledging their errors or even squirreling away a retraction of some kind somewhere within the folds of their newspaper, the Washington Post stood behind their Pulitzer Prize-winning reporting that came out after the Russia collusion hoax, and they only further challenged on Monday the 300-page report. A spokeswoman for the big paper in New York, oh, by the way, it's owned by Jeff Bezos, Amazon Jeff Bezos, this spokeswoman said, The Post stands by its reporting. She went on to talk about a review that was conducted by the Pulitzer board that had concluded no passages or headlines, contentions or assertions in any of the winning submissions were discredited by facts that emerged subsequent to the conferral of the prizes. Now, you, you explain what that really means. It led Donald Trump to slam the Pulitzer board, stating at the time the Pulitzer board has taken away any shred of credibility it had left. Because of its response regarding the Pulitzer Prize for National Reporting, which was awarded to the New York Times and the Washington Post. And now we know their stories that won them the Pulitzer Prize, bald face lies. Instead of ad- acting with some integrity and giving us transparency, the Pulitzer Board is running cover for the biggest reporting failure in modern history, maybe in US history. That's the fake Russia, Russia, Russia collusion hoax. New York Times hadn't said squat about it. Washington Post, as you just heard, they came out and they doubled down on stupid when they came out. Now, what's in the report? I told you I read it. I had 22 hours one way. Let me, let me just give you the path that I trekked. Marianne took me to Dallas and I flew out Saturday a week ago from Dallas, 11 o'clock, I think, at night. And I flew nonstop from Dallas to Doha. Doha, excuse me, got to get them right. Doha. Cutter. Um, I couldn't think of it for a second. Qatar or Cutter. They call it gu- guitar over there, like Elvis Presley's guitar. Most everybody else calls it Qatar. Anyway, flew there nonstop, changed planes, flew down to... Um, Zimbabwe, and I got to Zimbabwe Monday. Long flight, long time. Had a lot of time to read. Did the same thing coming back by the same route. All that being said, there is a, a lot, there's a plethora of very important things in that report, most of which were confirmed for those of us of the conservative, ilk that we could not make the pieces of the Mueller stuff We just couldn't make it come together and make any real sense, especially in light of what was done, 40 plus million taxpayer dollars. Robert Mueller, he engaged about 20 of the nation's top far left attorneys with a bevy of staff and they went through piles and piles of evidence, personal testimony, documents over and over and over and came back with. Very little. Came back with a lot, as we found out in the Durham report, but none of it intimated that Donald Trump had any kind of wrongdoing connections with Russia. It's a 300-page report. And here's, I'm going to quote the conclusion it came up with. Based on the review of Crossfire Hurricane and related intelligence activities, intelligence in this context, folks, is a faux pas. In other words, it doesn't fit. It was gossip. Anyway, the report says we conclude that the department and the FBI failed to uphold their important mission of strict fidelity to the law in connection with certain events and activities that are described in the report. And it continued. Our investigation also revealed that senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor. That phrase blew my mind. Analytical rigor towards the information that they received, especially information they got from politically affiliated persons and entities. And that was referencing the Hillary Clinton campaign-funded Fusion GPS P dossier. Remember, alleging collusion that the FBI relied on to investigate Trump. And the P dossier was the one about the prostitutes and Donald Trump all getting on the bed in the suite in Moscow where, reportedly, the Obamas slept when they were there and these hookers were peeing on the bed. Wasn't true. How could anybody, how could anybody with any kind of honesty or integrity float out a lie like that and cram it down the throats of tens of millions of Americans? And what Americans are so gullible to believe the people that shoved it down our throats? Those are a couple of questions you need to answer for yourself. Durham said that before the allegation, it came from that Australian diplomat that Trump and his campaign advisor, George Papadopoulos, told him the Trump campaign had dirt on Clinton. There was no evidence of any Trump campaign collusion with Russia. But when does evidence require to be in the picture for the far left. If it's there, they don't care. When they come up with what they want to say about me or you or somebody or something, that's just what they do. But despite this unevaluated intelligence information, the FBI swiftly opened an investigation known as Crossfire Hurricane. Now, Durham, we were told from the beginning, this is the guy. This is the guy the god, basically, of Washington, D.C., political honesty, integrity. You conservatives, you just shut up and sit down. He's going to bring us facts. Wait. Well, that's what we've done. And now that his 300-page list of facts comes out, now they're telling us, oh, this is nothing more than political thuggery. None of it in it is true. And it's very obvious to me with the players that have come forward that are screaming and hollering from the mountaintops how unethical how incorrect Durham's report is they're doing it in tandem with each other think about it think about who's been out there barking this on the on the trail and it is now the campaign trail just thought I'd remind you of that so who are some of the ones I'll bring back some dirty memories for you in particular deputy director Andrew McCabe deputy assistant director for counterintelligence Peter Strzok they are the ones that opened open Crossfire Hurricane immediately. Struck at a minimum had pronounced hostile feelings toward Trump. The matter was opened as a full investigation without ever having spoken to the people who gave the information on which they opened the investigation. Durham said the DOJ and the FBI, both, acted with no appropriate objectivity or restraint in pursuing unfounded allegations of collusion and or conspiracy between a U.S. political campaign and a foreign power, he said. He also said FBI used a different standard when it came looking at Clinton's campaign. The speed and manner in which the FBI opened and investigated Crossfire Hurricane during the presidential election season based totally on raw, unanalyzed, and even uncorroborated intelligence that also reflected a noticeable departure from how it approached prior matters involving attempts of foreign election interference plans aimed at the Clinton campaign. Okay. The Durham report's finally in. The facts are there. And of course if you disagree with the findings that are reported you're going to say they're not factual. And of course what's happening is those that are saying it's not factual aren't backing up what they're saying. It took 6 years. 6 years. This is Washington D.C. 6 years to get to the truth. And yet my wife reminded this to me yesterday when she picked me up in Dallas. She said nothing's happened. All this came out. All the facts are there, 300 facts full of evidence. Nothing's happened. And she used the A word to me, no real accountability. In fact, the key players in this charade continued to claim their politically motivated efforts were justified. One, this won't surprise you. U.S. Representative Adam Schiff from California being among the usual suspects, he insisted back in 2019, we played it here for you over and over again, that there was, quote, ample evidence of collusion in plain sight. And he repeated it ad nauseum on cable TV news and social media, and still is. I'm going to quote The most integrist, honest honest member of Congress I know, Adam Schiff. Better known as Shifty Schiff. Here's what he said yesterday. The Durham investigation was flawed from the start. It began for a political purpose to satisfy Trump. It resulted in two spectacular failures at trial. And ended with nothing to show for four years of effort, bottom line, FBI had a good reason to investigate. Durham didn't. That's Adam Schiff. And then former FBI director Andrew McCabe, who signed off on a false FISA warrant. knew when he signed off on it, the information included in that warrant was not true. He responded to Durham's report to say it was never a legitimate investigation. I stand by the investigative decisions that we made to open the investigation, first on the Trump campaign and the possibility that the Russians were trying to influence it, and then later on Donald Trump himself. And by the way, just a reminder, McCabe was fired after he lied about leaking all of what came out to the media. Let me give you an example. He's explaining to CNN's Anderson Cooper, the decision to investigate Trump was absolutely appropriate. Um, I'm not going to read you the conversation, the whole conversation, and I'm certainly not going to play it for you. If you want it, drop me an email and I'll I'll send it to you, dan at truthnewsnet.org, dan at truthnewsnet.org. What did I find out about it? 9,000 miles away in Africa? There's no there there. There's no facts there. Nothing's changed. The left hate the right and want to get away from the right and any accountability. So how do you do that? You continue to attack your political opponents. And that's just what this is. Schiff, if you don't remember, was named infamously pencil neck. Who gave him that name? Donald Trump did, of course. Draws some special ire from folks with his dishonest partisanship. Here's one thing. Listen to this. Here's one thing. Some of the responses came out. Here's what one person, Savannah, at Savannah, said about Adam Schiff. You're a traitor to the U.S., lied for more than three years about having Russia collusion evidence. You don't belong in uh, Congress. You belong in prison. E.V. Trapper. Folks, this is a traitor to the American Republican, everything she stands for. He betrays the Democrats that elected him and the Republicans that have to put up with him. He leaks serious intelligence information without care or reprise, so much that our CIA, our CIA had to withhold info the reports they delivered to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. He doesn't care. Now, this is E.V. Trapper talking about Adam Schiff. He doesn't care about the safety of our troops, our intelligence workers, has a callous disregard for American law and order. I'm not asking you to vote for a Republican. Just don't vote for Schiff. He needs to get booted from Congress as soon as possible. How do you really feel? Oh my gosh! I've got I've got so many things to bring you today. One thing I want to bring to you is this uh, this audio report and the the title of it. I read it on the flight coming back over treasonous charade, treasonous.
3: The Republicans now want special counsel John Durham to testify before Congress next week. Durham, after years of investigating, found the FBI had no evidence of collusion between former President Donald Trump and Russia when they opened their original investigation in 2016. Now, Durham's report reads in part, quote, the DOJ and FBI failed to uphold their important mission of strict fidelity to the law. Senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor towards the information that the they received, especially information received from politically affiliated persons and entities. It also says CIA Director John Brennan briefed then-President Barack Obama, then-Vice President Joe Biden, and other top national security officials about a Hillary Clinton plan to tie Trump to Russia in July 2016. The report reads, quote, Russian intelligence analysis alleges that Hillary Clinton had approved a campaign to stir up a scandal against Donald Trump by tying him to Putin and the Russians' hacking of the DNC. The intel community does not know the accuracy of this allegation or the extent to which the Russian intelligence analysis may reflect exaggeration or fabrication. I spoke exclusively to former President Trump after Durham's report was released, and he says former FBI Director James Comey needs to be held accountable. He told me, quote, I, and much more importantly, the American public, have been victims of this long-running and treasonous charade started by the Democrats started by Comey. There must be a heavy price to pay for putting our country through this. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan says the baseless allegations kicked off years of attacks on Trump. Listen.
4: In 2016, it was the Clinton campaign working with the FBI to go after President Trump and his election, his campaign. In 2020, it was 51 former CIA agents and, and intel officials working with the Biden campaign to do the same thing. So we've seen it twice now. One, it was the FBI. The second one, it was former intel officials, but the same objective to go after President Trump and keep him from being president.
3: The FBI releasing a statement in response to the report saying, quote, the conduct that sp- Special counsel Durham examined was the reason that current FBI leadership already implemented dozens of corrective actions, which have now been in place for some time. Had those reforms been in place in 2016, the missteps identified in the report could have been prevented. Now, Durham's report did not call for any wholesale changes to the FBI's guidelines and policies. Ashley Todd.
2: Brooke Singman, thank you.
5: Let's bring in OutKick host Tommy Lahren. Tommy, what's your big takeaway from this
4: bombshell?
6: Well, I'll tell you this. I wish I was more surprised, but sadly, I'm not. You know, I'm just an average person, Todd, but I feel like this is treason. I feel cheated. I feel like the American people have been lied to for years and years and years now. And that's because, ding, 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 we have. And, you know, it really should terrify the American public, whether you're a Trump supporter or not. It should terrify you how terrified our intelligence agencies, our law enforcement agencies, the mainstream media is of Donald Trump. They are going out of their way for years now to try to take this man down, sabotage him, torpedo him. And it is absolutely mind boggling to me that our law enforcement, our intelligence agencies are working on behalf of the Democrat Party and not the American people. This is an absolute and utter outrage. And as Congressman Jim. Jordan correctly laid out. In 2016, you had Russia, Russia, Russia. That lasted through the entirety of President Trump's first term. Then in 2020, you have the Hunter Biden laptop cover-up. What What is it going to be for 2024? I, quite frankly, shudder at the thought. Can the American people finally just get the truth and be allowed to make a decision on an election based on the actual facts on the ground, the policies and the candidates they have before them without the meddling of these agencies? I would sure hope so, but I don't know what trust we can have in these agencies at this point. The institutional rot is absolutely an abomination.
3: Yeah, no kidding when you talk about the, the Bureau and, and these federal agencies. But, you know, what about the media? Because reporters on CNN and MSNBC, they seem to be very underwhelmed by Durham's new findings. Listen to this.
4: This is, you know, all hat, no cattle. Well, it's a big fat nothing. It was a failure and a, a suboptimal, I'll say, use of four years' worth of resources. This just reads like a
0: huge waste of taxpayer money. I'm sorry. He basically, to me, copied and pasted or plagiarized from the OIG report. What can we expect if Durham eventually winds up testifying up on Capitol Hill?
3: Theatrics, antics. So that was the way they say that was a waste of money. I guess the uh, six million into this investigation wasn't.
6: Yeah, again, when they're talking about a waste of money and resources, I think they were talking about the Mueller report and Russia, Russia, Russia. But no, once again, they are talking about the actual diligent work of those that want to preserve our constitutional republic. But the media is complicit in this. They are colluding in this. So do I expect anything? Do I expect them to hand back their Pulitzer Prize and everything that they have gotten because of their reporting on Russia, Russia, Russia? No, absolutely not. But the American people, I believe, are smart. I believe they are sitting back and they are watching and they want to see some conversation. They want to see some accountability for once. It would be nice to get that.
3: Yeah, the Mueller probe was $32 million. Mm. So you want to talk about a waste there.
5: Yeah, and the threat to democracy, people, that you just saw on your screen there. They have no problem with any of this, which is just absolutely dumbfounding. Meantime, Miller Lite now being called out for joining Bud Light with its own woke ad campaign. Watch.
6: How did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Look at this. Wild. It's time beer made it up to women. So today Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. Miller Lite has been scouring the Internet for all this shit and buying it back so that he can turn it into good shit for women brewers.
4: Tommy, just to confirm, you have
5: confirmed that that wasn't a joke, like that actually was real?
6: I wish it was a joke. I'll tell you because Miller Lite is actually my choice in beer. So the Bud Light thing, that didn't really impact me at all. I had no problem boycotting Bud Light. But Miller Lite, you know, this one really hits home for me. And again, this happened actually before the whole Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light thing. So it's not as if Miller Lite saw the demise of Bud Light and thought that they would go ahead and up the ante. But still, we would still like an apology from Miller Lite. I will say this is far less egregious than the Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light thing. I mean, at least these are actually. Actual women, But I'll tell you guys this, as a woman, I'm not offended by beer companies having pretty women in their ads. That doesn't offend me at all. Having a trans woman supposedly dress up like a woman in a prom gown and pearls and mock women, that offends me, right? But the beer industry, they seem to hate their actual customers. So I think Miller Lite, although I don't think is as egregious as Bud Light, I still think they're going to suffer. Go won't go broke. Just
3: take a hit, guys. Stay out of politics. Yeah, what about body autonomy for women? I mean, they all chose to do this. It's not like anyone was forcing them to do it on top of everything else. Tommy Lahren, thank you.
4: I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Brian Kilmeade.
3: And I'm Ainsley Earhart. And click here to subscribe to the Fox News YouTube page to catch our hottest interviews and most compelling analysis.
0: I apologize for that uh, commercial for Fox News here at the end. I don't know why normally when uh, we do a report and those are tagged on the end, we edit them out. I guess maybe it was jet lag. I'm making excuses. I know I'm making excuses. Hey, we're going to go to break. I want to remind you again, Steve Baker will be with us at the top of our second hour. See what he's got up his sleeve. And coming out of this break, one of my political heroes and millions of Americans is United States Senator John Kennedy, Republican from Louisiana. I came across while I was gone I came across a speech he made at CPAC a year ago. And as usual, he painted it with all kinds of Samuel Clemens truths. The Huckleberry Finn author. I want you to hear it. It will blow you away. But it will so resonate with you, you'll want to get a copy of it. And you'll be able to do that easily at YouTube. So we've got John Kennedy next. We have Steve Baker at the top of the hour. And we're going to fill it with some other important information for you next. With FordPass,
2: rewards are just a tap away. Whether it's using rewards points toward things like complimentary maintenance or for vehicle accessories. And with FordPass, a tap can also get you 24-7 roadside assistance and lock your vehicle. Only Ford Pass puts all this in the palm of your hand. Ford Pass, built
0: to keep you moving. So, Ms. Harris, what makes you think you're a good fit with us here at Schmidt, Starks, and Sopransky? Oh, sir,
3: there are so many reasons. I specialized in research and theoretical studies for several years at the Southampton Institute, mm-hmm. preceded by intensive graduate studies at Syracuse. <laughs> Certainly, my skills are well suited for a position here at Schmidt, Starks, and...
2: Sopransky. Oh, thanks. A job interview and a root canal on the same day. Want to get away? Get the heck out of there. With Southwest Airlines, fly coast to coast for $99 or less by November 3rd.
1: It was nice meeting you, sir.
0: Yes, we'll get back to you soon.
2: Soon. Southwest Airlines, a symbol of freedom. Call 1-800-IFLY-SWA. No way. Taco Bell's toasted cheddar chalupa no, is
4: back.
3: Are you thinking what I'm thinking? They, they toasted, toasted six-month-old aged cheddar right, right onto, onto
2: the shell, shell of a
3: chalupa? Best genius, no delicious, no both, and now it comes in a box with a crunchy taco, taco cinnamon twist and a medium drink. drink?
5: Whoa. Oh,
2: sorry, this is this is my stop.
5: Oh, uh, cool. We're all thinking it. The $5 toasted cheddar chalupa box is back. Only at Taco Bell. At limited participating U.S. locations for a limited time only. Contact local store for prices, hours and participation, which very tax extra drinks, excludes, freezes.
0: I was hoping when I was away that you were going to get all this stuff fixed at the southern border, that you were going to have Alejandro Mayorkas, Homeland Security Secretary, had him in check and he was going to come through and finally begin to honor his oath of office in which he said he was going to protect and defend the people of the United States and our Constitution. Boy, he's doing anything but that, right? So here's something that came up over the weekend. I'm just going to mention this came up again, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts. Impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas, we're told it's back under consideration. Several folks on the House Judiciary Committee, one of them is our congressman, Mike Johnson, who you hear here regularly, Um, they say they're supporting moving forward with impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. He should be impeached as soon as humanly possible. So said Chip Roy, Republican member of the House from Texas. Pretty aggressive guy. Representative Ben Kleiner, Republican, Virginia, he's not so outspoken. He said, I support beginning impeachment hearings. I've said that to Chairman Jim Jordan. My constituents think it's long overdue, and I feel as though once we lay out the facts for the American people and for my colleagues in the House— It will be inevitable. Another Republican, Barry Moore from Alabama, said, Mayorkas has done more to help the cartels and child traffickers than he has to help the American people. It's clear he's intentionally violating the law, and he must be impeached. Now, this all came in the shadows of Title 42 ending a week ago, followed at least two consecutive days of border officials Catching more than 10,000 illegals per day. The highest single day total is ever recorded. And that doesn't include the gotaways. Why don't we keep talking about the numbers? Come on now. I mean, breaking the law is breaking the law. I don't care who does it. An illegal, a cartel guy? Oh, a politician. A U.S. politician. Overall, under Mayorkas' watch, officials have caught more than 5 million illegals at the southern border, not including an estimate, and they just pulled this out of the sky, I guess, of another 1.5 million gotaways. So there are those down there in the gutter, the dismissing calls for Mayorkas' removal. Mayorkas told CNN over the weekend, I'm focused on the work in front of us, I will continue to focus on DHS's work throughout my tenure. Rep. Andy Biggs, Republican from Arizona, a longtime border hawk. He's working on rallying support for his articles of impeachment against the secretary, which he introduced in February. I have the solution for you. Yeah, I can fix this Mayorkas thing instantly. Here's how you do it. Speaker Kevin McCarthy, look over here. I'm Dan. Truth News Network, I've got a plan for you. Tell Biden absolutely no debt limit increase until the guy who's spending single-handedly more of Americans' taxpayer dollars, that would be Alejandro Mayorkas, until he's fired. You want a debt limit increase, Mr. President? Fire the guy that you appointed that is costing the nation hundreds and hundreds of... Of billions of dollars. Don't let us default, Mr. President. Get rid of this lawbreaker. Biden said from the beginning I'm not going to negotiate on a debt limit increase. I demand a clean debt increase order. In other words, give me a blank check. I'm going to spend it the way I want to, and you'll have no say so. And that's okay. Don't worry about it because I'm Joe Biden. And if I say that's what I'm going to do, you're just going to let me do it. Nobody holds me accountable. Why would they begin to? And then there's that bard from South Louisiana, U.S. Senator John Kennedy. At CPAC, I promise you, you've got to listen close to John Kennedy. Now, this is over a year ago, but put it in the context of what's happening today in your world, especially if you're a Texan or a New Mexican Or an Arizona or Californian native resident living there dealing with rampant crime? Oh, one other thing. What about the parents of those 85,000-plus illegal children that have come in? And Alejandro Mayorkas has put them in care, is what it's supposed to be, with these NGOs, non-governmental organizations, that we're funding in the tens of millions of dollars to help us with this border crisis, including placing these kids, and I won't mention any of the charity's names, but one of them, its constituents, pray to Mother Mary. You know which one I'm talking about. 85,000 kids have disappeared. Disappeared. They don't even know where they are. John Kennedy didn't mention that specifically in this speech, but he included a bunch of other things. Here's Senator Kennedy.
4: He's also, he's also mismanaged inflation. Now, I don't like to brag about the expensive places I've been, but this morning I went to the gas station. Oh my God. Please, dear Lord, don't let President Biden mismanage Russia aggression. What else do I believe? I believe that exercise makes you look better naked. So does alcohol. I don't know how that one got in here. I believe that no parent, no parent should be required to send their child to a failing school. I believe that no parent, no parent should be required to send their child to a failure factory where violence is common and learning is rare. I believe in the dignity of work. Those who can work, should work. Welfare for able-bodied people should be temporary. Welfare should be a bridge, not a parking lot. Let me say a word about foreign affairs. That's on our minds today. I believe that weakness invites the wolves. Now, I don't know what this is. If I make it to heaven, I'm going to ask. But there's some people in this world, they're not sick, they're not mixed up, they're not confused. It's not that their mama or daddy didn't love them enough. They're evil, and some of them run countries, and all they understand is strength. We must be armed for peace. I believe that we don't have a gun control problem. We have an idiot control problem. Here's some free advice, friends, if the government ever tells you 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 can't own a gun, buy two. I believe, I believe that if you hate cops, just because they're cops, the next time you get in trouble, Call here. Here's a free tip. Cops will leave you alone if you don't do illegal stuff. I believe in life. I believe in life. I believe that babies don't choose to die. And I believe that we need to defend those babies, those little lives every single day. Every single day. Now listen to me carefully on this, hear me out, I believe that America is not perfect but we are good, like every other culture in the history of humanity, America caught the disease of slavery, but we beat it back. And we passed civil rights laws in 1866, 1871, 1875, 1960, 1964, 1968, 1990, and 1991, and I'm probably leaving some out. The truth is that most Americans don't think that much about race. They think about character. And they understand that souls have no color. I believe we need an election day, not an election month. You should have to prove you are who you say you are when you vote. Duh. I believe that vetting people at the border is not racist, it's prudent. That Arlington National Cemetery. Have you been? If you haven't, go. If you've been, go twice. Go again. I believe that Arlington National Cemetery contains four hundred thousand reasons why you should stand your ass up for the national anthem. Culture, which is the military wing of wokeism is strangling a free people. You are not free if you can't express yourself. You are not free if you cannot say what you think. I believe that the nauseously woke Washington insider elites The permanent Washington types, you know who I'm talking about, the vanilla soy extra foam latte crowd that lives in the Georgetown condos with the important art on their walls. Don't respect your ideas. They don't care what we think, and they believe they're better than us. Like I said, folks, you can't fix stupid, but by God, you can vote it out. And finally, I believe our future can be better than our present or our past. I do. I believe our future can be better than our present or our past. I believe that we're only as good as our dreams. That we're only as valuable as our children. But the water won't clear up until we get the pigs out of the creek. Help me do that. Help me do that. Help me do that. I love this country. I love this country as much as you do. I think America is worth fighting for. Look, it's not a perfect world, folks. It's not. And I can't promise you that I will win every fight. But I'll promise you this. By God, I will refuse to be beaten. I will never quit on America. I will never quit on America, and I ask you for that same commitment today. One more thing, and then I'm really done. There's one more thing I believe. I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. I don't hate anybody. I look for grace wherever I can find it. There's always something on God's green earth for us to be thankful for. I believe that love is the answer. I do. I believe that love is the answer. But you ought to own a handgun just in case.
0: In fact, he said if you, um, if they tell you you can't own a gun, buy two. <laughs> Is he full of sound bites? I can't believe anybody doesn't include the stuff, the content that he comes up with in all kinds of political situations. But everything he said applies to where we are right now today. Everything he said. And that was at c pack a year ago we're going to take our final break of this hour steve baker is going to join us at the top of the hour just spoke to him he's ready to go after this break i'm going to tell you something going on right now that will blow your mind it has to do with border patrol agents have you had this thought this question ever how do they decide what to do with those all of those people that come across when they come across Everybody didn't go the same place. Everybody's not treated the same. How do they figure out what to do with whom and why? This will blow your mind. Here's the latest
6: traffic report. Looks like miles of trouble-free driving with Napa Auto Parts. Your local Napa Auto Parts dealer in Modesto has a full line of quality parts for your car or truck. Napa Auto Parts keeps America running and Modesto Auto & Truck is ready to keep your vehicle running in tip-top shape for years to come. So if you think your car or truck needs help under the hood, think of Napa Auto Parts at Modesto Auto and Truck Parts, 924 G Street in downtown Modesto, 529-8342, 529-8342.
5: American Ladders and Scaffolds, deal with the experts. Scaffolding rental and setup, installation of truck racks, Lear truck caps, tonneau covers, and van shelving, foam protection, ladder and scaffold training and inspections little giant ladders custom access ladders and guardrails for commercial buildings american ladders and scaffolds delivery everywhere every day
1: american ladders and scaffolds. we take you higher we take you higher
5: papa john is not interested in quality he's obsessed with it because papa john's a pizza maker it's what he does That's why you've got Papa's Quality Guarantee, signed by the man himself. Love your pizza, or we'll deliver another absolutely free. It's my
4: guarantee. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's.
5: And right now, save 25% when you spend 25 pounds or more online. Enrique Santos for Taco Bell. The toasted cheddar chalooper from Taco Bell is back, and I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing did they really toast six-month-old aged cheddar right onto a delicious flaky chalupa shell again? Yes, they did, but now it's even tastier. It comes with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink, all in a $5 box. That's right, all that for just a little cheddar. But don't forget, it's back for a limited time. The
0: $5 Toasted Cheddar Chalupa Box, only at Taco Bell. Too much spin on your plate? How about a diet of truth? The Truth News Network sets your table. And here again to serve it up is Dan Newman. I told you, going into the break, I was going to blow your mind about some southern border stuff. Ask, I'm going to ask you a question. What do you think and how do border patrol agents, what they come up with to determine what is going to happen to these people that come into our southern border? Well, you won't get this information on the Homeland Security website. You're not going to find it on the Border Patrol website. We found it through a leaked memo. Here's what they do. Border Patrol agents fill out a checklist. This checklist and the way they fill it out decides which migrants are released into America and which are not. That's according to an internal U.S. Customs and Border Protection memo and the checklist that was found by one news agency it was attached to a december 2022 email for safe community release and it states that in order to make these community uh, releases of immigration and custom enforcement that's ice and those ngos must lack space border patrol facilities must exceed capacity in order to allow for the release of these migrants and the number of migrant encounters surpasses ICE and NGO capacity on a daily basis. Border Patrol is required to meet all of the aforementioned criteria before they make any single release. Now, National Border Patrol Council Prez, Brandon Judge, he confirmed the validity of the document saying that while the checklist is policy, the overwhelming number of migrants in processing has led to the releases without any use of this document. This is policy that is supposed to be done. Whether it falls through the cracks because of how busy we are, certainly things will fall through the cracks. That's Judge speaking. Federal authorities at the southern border recorded, now that's recorded, more than 3.6 million migrant encounters between October of 2022 and and March of 2023. More than 3.6 million. It's not since Biden's been president. It's from October 2022 until March of 2023. We officially have an illegal immigration problem that is of epic proportions, and it's changing our nation. And not only is it being perpetrated, it's being allowed and actually is being pushed. Not as an option, but as the only way. This is how. They could write a manual on it. This is how you increase the permanent Democrat Party in America. Just let anybody come in and make them believe when they come in, you're going to pay for their housing, their food, their clothing, their health care, their education, everything. And then, of course, you spend the rest of your time convincing them. You remember when I did this for you, and I let you in and gave you all this. You got to vote for us because we have to keep somehow a permanent Democratic Party majority, so we can control every person in the nation. It's what it's all about. And don't think, don't think that uh, that is not factual. Good morning, Mr. Newman. Hello there, Mr. Baker. How are you today? I'm great. I'm I'm better than you. No, 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 no. I got no. To, I got to spend ten days in deep dark Africa. You didn't get that opportunity.
5: <laughs> no, but I've spent the last five days staring at this beautiful lake in Wisconsin that my uh, wonderful friends up here have allowed me to inhabit their their place, and they give me this beautiful deck here, and I come out. And I, and I literally, so this becomes my office every single day while I'm up here. And, uh, so I'm, I'm working on my cup of coffee. I'm staring at the, the, the lake and the and nature and I've got my first cigar of the day going. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing better than you.
0: When we spoke moments ago, we, we talked about the cigar and you've got a special one that you don't normally smoke in the morning. I just, I've been gone for 10 days. You tell me one of the first things I did last night when I came to the studio where i keep my uh, end table humidor what's the first yeah, thing i yeah, did yeah
5: what's yeah yeah you showed it to me <laughs>
0: what what did i ha- i've been gone 10 days you're a cigar fish right. and i am too what did i have to do
5: well you had to get one and go to the to go to the back porch right
0: that was after i replenished to make sure that they didn't get too oh. dry while i was gone I've got a thousand cigars I in there and I, I can't uh, people that know how much I love cigars. They cannot not send me cigars. Good ones too. Uh, I think, Hey, Hey, oh, put me on that mailing list. Would you? Oh, the ones that's going to send me cigars. Okay. I'll put right, you on
5: right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, the, I need yeah, that's it, it is, it is unfortunately my most expensive, uh, habit, my most, uh, uh, my, it is my vice. And I have, uh, I, I hate to, I hate to admit it, but you know, I, I sacrifice a lot of other, um, things in life so that I can, I can have, uh, nice cigars and not the, you know, the cheap, uh, you know, the stuff that, uh, George Burns used to smoke that cost him about 30 cents a piece.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm in the same habit you are minor, are, minor are good, uh, you know, I don't think we're supposed to be talking about our cigar aficionado <laughs> issues today. I think we have maybe just one other thing that others people might think might be a little more important than our cigar habits.
5: We have to lighten it up, though, Dan, because I mean, I've been listening to your show today. And I've been listening to and watching all the things about the Durham report. And as you rightly pointed out, just like just like your lovely wife said when she picked you up in Dallas at the airport, you see, I was listening, is that (laughs) there is (laughs) there's no doubt that despite the absolute proof that's revealed in this Durham report, there is no way. It's going to have the impact, the resonance, and that we're going to get the results from it that we want, that we desire, that we deserve uh, as the American people. Because, as you've heard me say already a hundred times on this program, if the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, ABC, NBC, NPR, NPR, et al., if they don't say it, it didn't happen.
0: And they and believe, that. This, they believe the, that. They believe that. They believe that. That's right.
5: All they all they have to do is just go on the air and say the exact opposite of what the report says, and that's it. Close case. Because because their followers, their grassroots supporters, are not going to do what you and I do. And what so many others on our side do is we're going to go back and we're going to peel back the layers and we're going to look and we're going to actually read it. You read it on your, on your flight. Uh, I have not, I have not sat down and read all 300 pages of this report. I may not because at this point I already know what the end result is, but I'm that guy, as you know, who when, when Congress writes a 2,200-page um, healthcare bill called, you know, uh, Obamacare, or they write a 4,000-page uh, uh, bill that they call the Inflation Reduction Act, I'm that idiot who sits down and reads those things.
0: <laughs> well, and- I, the only reason I read 300 pages was because I had 22 hours On one leg of my flight, so I had a little time on my hands. (laughs) And it did not reveal anything that you and I didn't already know. Here's Steve, here's the thing that just I can't get out of my craw. The thinking, if there is such a thing on the left, the far left especially, the thinking about us, the American people, and how we factor into this thing, government of, government by, and government for the people how they really in their hearts and their operational procedures, what they really think about us, people like Adam Schiff, I can yeah. name you another dozen of them. They just they just all came out after the fact. They're in lockstep, every one of them. It's like every morning they get on that phone call that I know actually exists, where far left media people are invited to get on there early and compare stories they're gonna cover for the day. It's like Adam Schiff. And everybody else on the left, even Nancy Pelosi, they all get on the call every day. You won't hear them do an interview without saying something like what they're saying now, which is it's nothing. There's no there there. There's no truth there. And they don't explain a thing. You know why? Because they don't have to. Democrats in large percentages, they turn to the left stream media and follow everything because they've swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. And it doesn't matter if it even makes sense. So they just come out now and say, oh, there's nothing to it. What about them them, uh, Denver Broncos? I mean, it's like it's just one sentence of a life where it is consuming the lives of hundreds of millions of Americans, and they just diminish it. It's like if we don't think about it, we don't talk about it. Nobody cares.
5: That's exactly right. And and that is, as I said before, and as you've eloquently stated right there, is that all they have to do is go to the airways, All they have to do is, is sit on the panel of their favorite MSNBC host show and say the opposite of what we know to be true and – Therefore, what they said now is the gospel truth to their side, and then that's it. And and this is what, of course, really frustrates individuals like you and me, is where is the GOP? Why are they not screaming bloody murder? Why are they not then doing an equal and opposite reaction, going to the airwaves, pounding their fist? I mean, we we just played, you know, uh, Senator Kennedy's speech from CPAC. How come we don't have hundreds? Uh, Kennedy's going to that and pounding on that and saying, you know, we've got to, we've got to fix this. This is not true. This is not what happened. This is not what that report says. And and we're seeing we're seeing that all over the place. As you know, just two weeks ago, and I don't I don't remember if this was before I I uh, before you ran off to Africa uh, to play around for whatever whatever you were doing for ten days. I'm over not
0: there. telling you. Uh,
5: <laughs> I know you haven't told me yet. It's driving me crazy, but. Whatever, I can't remember, but you know that I met with uh, Representative Jim Jordan and Representative Mike Johnson there in Shreveport. Uh, I can't remember whether that was the day you left or you left the day after. I think you left the day after, didn't you?
0: Yeah, it was and, act- it was and, act- I didn't go to the thing you went to because I was leaving. It was two days before you left, before I left. Okay,
5: leave. but the, right, and, and, and it was stunning, and I don't know if you and I have had the opportunity to be able to talk about this or not, but i i had what i called my 32nd pitch ready and i had a 2 minute you know pitch ready i thought that at the most i might get a handshake and a brush off or a polite pat on the head as it turned out i ended up getting over 10 minutes with each of the congressmen separately from one another and and was able to engage them directly and was able to challenge them with the very specific things that I've been working on for so long. And and, and of course, you know what those are, and most of your listeners do. And I was able to talk to them very pointedly about our needs and expectations from them. And I thank them for the good work that they're doing. And I was polite. I I certainly, you know, I was a guest and I wasn't rude. But, But I said, but with all due respect, Congressman, I can't do my job without your help. I can't do my job. I, I told him, I told Jim Jordan, I have two stories right now I cannot tell without your protection. I have a dozen United States Capitol Police officers who are willing to come forward to a microphone. I mean, they, they are willing to do a joint press conference, come forward and detail while, why they believe that they were set up on January 6, 2021. And how? And the evidence that backs that up, but they can't do it without the protection of Congress. And, and we're, we continue to have this frustration with uh, the, the House GOP, whether it's on uh, – well, the House GOP, the Senate GOP, because they don't fight back against the Adam shifts and they don't walk with force back to the podium or back to another microphone and call him what he is which is an absolute bald-faced liar from the pit of hell and until our guys start doing that we're not going to break through and you know we're 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 seeing a little bit of uh, we're seeing a little bit of a crack here there was a hearing yesterday uh, with the House Administration uh, committee and, and in that committee, there was uh, there was a, a huge revelation that showed that the uh, current chief of police of the United States Capitol Police cut a really sketchy deal with the former assistant chief who you and I've talked about is now employed by the uh, Uni- University of California, Berkeley as the chief of police out there. They cut a really sketchy deal to ensure that she would get full pension Uh, without having to remain on the job until she qualified for it. So suddenly that's opened up a lot of uh, possibilities for us there. And then there's another hearing taking place in the weaponization committee tomorrow. I don't know if you've seen that, but there's going to be several, I think four different of the FBI whistleblowers are going to testify tomorrow. And even though Jim Jordan himself has said he will not cover January 6th related issues in the weaponization committee, these whistleblowers, at least two of them specifically blew the whistle on the FBI because of January 6th related activities that they were being forced to do, that they knew were unconstitutional, that they knew were violations of their oath and that they knew that they couldn't in good conscience, um, uh, obey those orders, which is why they became whistleblowers. So consequently, maybe the pressure I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not narcissistically, going to take any credit for any of this but I'm saying the overall pressure that's coming from uh, myself and from other quarters because they're getting pounded maybe 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 we're seeing a little bit of a crack here and we're breaking through
0: I just came back from a nation that is full of poor people poverty there is no middle class in Zimbabwe I was in Harai right. which is the, uh, the capital they have six, six million people And it's stark to realize firsthand, looking at it, driving down the street, there is nothing but poverty. And then on the other side of the street, this would blow your mind. House after house after house, street property, high walls, security fences, cameras with, I'm not talking about big, nice houses. I'm talking about mansions. And I'm not talking about mm-hmm. one or two or three. I'm talking about rows of dozens of mansions that in our town, you're from here, Shreveport, where I live now, in Shreveport, Louisiana, any one of these houses would sell here right now for anywhere from 5 to $10 million, which would be a $100 million mansion in L.A. It's that kind of stark difference between the endowed and the poor, the poverty. Let me tell you something that blew my mind. I integrated with the staff of people of one of the people that I was meeting with, had my own car driver, took me everywhere. They, now they're not officially in the upper class, but they're not really, they wouldn't be middle class people here. But they're cognizant of what's going on in the United States of America. You know why? They still look at this country as the shining light on the hill that they all can look at and pray and believe for hope for them and their families. And the Mm. number one question I got asked is how can American politicians lie to the American people with so much impunity and nobody pushes back those? I heard that probably 20 times in 10 days. The number one thing they asked me about American politics, that's, zimbabwe africa that's not you know uh island in the atlantic or the caribbean these people aren't supposed to be plugged in but they are because of who we have been as a nation and they recognize it's gone something's changed something
5: has changed dan and i'm uh uh, you know, I, as I as I was telling my friend up here in Wisconsin over the last few days, and our opportunities to have dinner together and have long chats, and he and I have been friends uh, for thirty five years uh, this this year, as a matter of fact. And the the stark difference in my life in the last three years since COVID came to town, and then of course January sixth happened, is that for whatever reason, fate, God. Uh, you know, the the universe uh, has led me into this or on upon this path that I'm walking right now is having the inside uh, track to see and hear so much of what's really taking place. And the, as you know, and you and I have discussed this, we're down to, I think, a very, very few handful, uh, small handful rather of individuals on Capitol Hill who we can trust. I mean, you played one of them, his speech just a moment ago, up here in Wisconsin, obviously Senator Ron Johnson may be, he may be the best guy right now. Uh, I would say he and, and Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky are two two that I uh, trust implicitly. And then there are, of course, uh, another small handful in the House, but there is so much moneyed interest, interest so much moneyed interest power and control over even what we would deem to be, or we would assume to be, or hope to be the guys on our team that um, we can't trust what they're, uh, what they're doing, what they're saying and how they're voting. We have to watch. I mean, we can't, you know, it's like my, one of my favorite songs by the, the, the band rush is show me, don't tell me. And, and that's what I, that's my theme song right now with these guys whatever conversation I have with them or their staff members, show me, don't tell me. Because,
0: and because... That, you, go ahead, finish. Go, go ahead. There. No, what I was going mean, to say... Because that's what... The, <laughs> it's your <laughs> turn. It for me, go, man. Go, it's your turn, you go.
5: Yeah, no, if, if, if we don't, if we don't get that example, if they don't lead by example with their deeds and not their words, this republic is lost. And that thing that you saw in Zimbabwe is not, you know, that's that's as stark a contrast as you can get. You know, I, I, as soon as you started talking, I was thinking about the difference between Spring Lake and Cedar Grove and yeah. Shreveport. That's a yeah. pretty stark, that's a pretty stark difference, but yeah. not quite as extreme as what you just saw. But the but the point being is is that that's where we're headed is the elimination of the middle class as their policies that are coming from. The quote-unquote "Great Reset" left from the Progressives, from the commiecrats is, is is a phrase I'm I'm I may do- adopt here now because that that's what the the Democratic Party now is. It's a neo-communist party. But there's just no. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, and they don't even push back about that anymore. I mean, we call them that every day, and they don't. They're like, eh. They shrug their, they shrug their shoulders. The point being is, is that if we don't push back, and our team, and our guys, and the guys we send to Washington don't put push back, we're going to see that difference between Spring Lake and Cedar Grove, or that difference between what's across the street in Zimbabwe from each other. We're going to see that here in the United States because that's exactly where we're headed right now.
0: A couple of things I want to, I want to bring out for our people that are listening and our audience is another one of those large ones. Thanks. I guess for me being gone a while and you being back and the controversies that are coming up every day that there's a new one every day, almost 300 days of the year, but the latest is really it's it's ringing at home with so many Americans. People are now finally realizing realizing we got trouble. Uh, As you know, I have a, Mike Johnson, Congressman Mike Johnson, he's on the Judiciary Committee. He He's one that was here. In fact, it was a fundraiser for him that you attended a couple of weeks ago. And he and I right. talk regularly. And I've asked him years ago when he first t- first ran, I think he's in his third or fourth term now. Um, I asked him, I said, why? Why are you doing this? And tell me, why is it such a big deal? And he, he explained how it breaks down. If you want to a nice committee hearing job. You get that from your party. If they win the spots to be able to pass them out by raising money to help the Republican party and to help them in election season. And I I started to get him to give me the numbers. It's staggering what they have to do. And then I segued into why would you do that? And he said, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. And he's a very successful attorney. But he said it's, it's one of the hardest things I, I've ever had to do because when I go talk to people, they just think all you have to do when you go to Congress is just listen to what people say and then vote on them, and that's, that's all that happens. He said it is the scummiest place socially and as far as work goes that he has ever imagined that Washington, D.C. could be. It's as if everybody up there carries around a checklist and any time they talk to somebody of their own party or some other party, when they start talking, if you want to get a conversation that's substantive, you've got to be able to pull out and realize, what promise did I make here? Who did I promise this? Because everything is quid pro quo. Everything is quid pro quo. Now put that in the context of a guy that's driving me around a city that is, is—it is, there is no middle class in Zimbabwe. And real quickly, I want to tell you what what happened in COVID world there. Healthcare is not the best. I probably don't need to tell you that. But they struggle uh-huh. with it. Doctors yeah. during COVID refused to go to hospitals to work. And you know why? Because every doctor that went died of COVID. And it was because of the conditions around it. The big hospital in Harari, the capital city where I was, they closed it. But they didn't close it. Here's what they had to do. The nurses and the volunteers were the only people that went into to work every day. And it got so bad that they sandbagged all the way around every entry, window, door, in the hospital. They wouldn't let anybody come in or anybody leave. And the reason they had to sandbag, there were so many people that were dying. They were stacking bodies in the hallways, and the bodies were leaking fluid. And they wanted to make yeah. sure that fluid did not get out among the populace of Harai, Zimbabwe. That, wow. my friend, will get your attention if you live there. And that's where you go. We don't have a clue. I mean, not even a glimmer of a clue what it would be like to not be living in the United States of America with all of its benefits. And by the way, with all of its problems and roadblocks. Every time Mike Johnson and I talk about anything specific, we have this thing that we do. We always will before we bring something up if I ask him a question, I'll either say off the record or on the record because if it's if it gets out sometimes and this is the part Americans struggle with. We know that we get fed a bunch of a spoon-fed a bunch of lies coming often every day out of the mouths of some people up there. They don't do it unless it's purposeful. And so you've got two things working there. I mean, you and I both came up in a Christian background. We know the difference. If you lie, it's a lie. It's wrong. But in the world of politics, to survive and be able to do anything for the people you represent, if you're talking about the U.S. Senate, that's representing people in a state. If you're talking about the House of Representatives, you're talking about a congressional rep- uh, a congressional district, and you represent the people that live in there. So it changes the meaning of words like that. You and I, I mean, we're black and white. We're all, it's either fact or it's fiction. I wish we u- still lived in that world, Steve, but sadly, we don't. And I can't tell you how many times I've asked a member of Congress live on, on this show, why are we doing that? Why wouldn't you just come out with a straight shot? And they say, you can't live in government in the United States if all you do is tell the truth all the time. You,
5: you bring up a very interesting point. It's very timely because just this Sunday, just uh, three days ago, I was sitting right where I'm sitting right now, sitting here looking out at the lake, and my, my host family asked me if I wanted to go out on their boat with them. And I, I politely denied. So now I've got some work to do. And what I didn't tell them was, is that I was, I pulled up and I was, I watched four straight videos of Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson talking about, uh, his, uh, number eight of his 12 rules of life, which is don't, you know, um, always tell the truth or at least don't lie. Now, why would I be watching that? As you know, you and I talk about all the time about being truth tellers. And that's, you know, that's our primary goal that we're obsessed with making sure that we get it right. If we don't get it right, then, you know, then we have not done our job. And that's, that's fact checking our own articles, fact checking our stories, whatever the case may be. And the reason why that I looked at that is because exactly what you just brought up, I have in just the last few weeks come into the knowledge of so many things and so many times I've promised to other people that this is off the record. I am becoming convicted and challenged in my own heart, my own soul about what I'm holding on to. Wow. And I'm I'm trying to find that not moral line because, you know, as Peterson talks about, it's always tell the truth or at least don't lie. In other words, sometimes we don't know the truth. And sometimes we express an opinion that may not be accurate, but it wasn't out of malevolence. It wasn't a purposeful lie. It was just maybe ignorance is all it was. We repeated something that we heard that was not the truth. And, and it's becoming more and more and more difficult as I engage in these investigative uh, uh, efforts that I've been involved in to differentiate between when I'm allowed to tell
0: the truth. And that's tough. And that's sad so, that yeah. that's the world in which we find ourselves today. We're both pros. We're both in media. You've given your life to that and playing your horn. And I've given my life to what I'm doing. And we do it because we are sold out on finding and presenting facts and only facts And then we find out the people that we look to to lead our nation, that at least a large portion of the time when they're telling us what they're telling us, at least in part, it's not everything. It may not be lies, but it bends the facts enough to where they can fit in. And they all feel this way, what I'm about to say. Every one of them, Democrat, Republican, if they tell the truth all the time, they'll lose their jobs because at least half are going to disagree with what they say, and the other half maybe agree. Which part of the sh- of the story do you tell, and how much of it do you hide? That old adage, um, political liars especially, it's difficult for people like Adam Schiff, because when they enter into a conversation about anything, doesn't matter what it is, they've got to think about, in the back of their minds, Oh my gosh, i got to remember what I told them last time, so when I open my mouth this time, I won't conflict with what I told them two or three weeks ago. You've, it, it, lying means it's layer upon layer. And these are the people that are leading the nation. Imagine if Americans really held Joe Biden to being a fact teller. He wouldn't be able to open his mouth. He doesn't remember what he said yesterday, (laughs) let alone a month ago or two years ago. He is so sorry YouTube was ever invented because everything, every lie is ever told, it's right there. When we play a bunch of them, you've printed some of them. That's the world in which we live, and it is sickening. There's no good ending to it, Steve, unless we can right this ship. We the people. Can write this shit,
5: and that's what's going to have to happen. Now the question is: Is how we're we going to do it? And there, and, and fortunately, I'm hearing a lot of discussion from some of the big players out there. I mean, you you've got you've got your bullhorn on TNN Live. You know, I've got my my little voice that I use out there and the articles that I write. But we're hearing some of the larger guys that are starting to say, "Okay, no more." We have to now start taking action. Whether it's Glenn Beck, whether it's Ben Shapiro, whether it's Dan Bongino. Obviously, Tucker has been silenced for a little bit, but he's coming back, and he'll come back stronger and, and uh, uh, louder than ever before. Uh, we, we're hearing uh, James O'Keefe and and even his old organization, Project Veritas. Both of them are still doing great work, and they're they're bringing the truth uh, when the when the truth is otherwise hidden, and and what is going to have to happen, though, is that the people that are hearing our voices, the people that are hearing you and me today, they have to start taking action. It is, it is no longer enough to satisfy or to think that you can satisfy your obligation to the country by just your vote once every two years or once every four years or that you can satisfy your obligation to the Lord by attending Easter service you know, once a year or that you can satisfy um, uh, the, the needs of this country by uh, listening to uh, uh, Dan Newman uh, twice a week or, or Glenn Beck every morning or whatever. It is now time for people to start taking absolute, positive identifiable action. They have got to start local. And you, again, you and I have talked about this before that I, 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 ha, I have always been a national and a global political junkie since I was a kid. I never ever was interested in local politics at all. But that old saying that all politics are, are, is local is more true today than ever before ever before. Everyone must get involved at the local level. They've got to attend their school board meetings. They've got to vote for the right dog catcher for heaven's sakes. They've got to make sure that at every level locally, especially their sheriff, especially their attorney general in their state, especially their governor, they've got to start drawing the lines because we still have in this country a constitution. It still exists. The words still mean something. And when we have the right people in office at the local level – they still have the authority and the legal right to push back against a corrupt federal government, and that's what has to happen.
0: I'm going to end by reminding everybody, including you, Steve, we haven't had this conversation. Do you think Adolf Hitler actually got into power, and the reason he got into power is because he had convinced Germans that Jews were bad and we needed to slaughter, exterminate 6 million of them? Do you think that was going of course on? not. No. He had been in prison. He was in prison when he wrote the book Meinkopf. People don't realize that. He was not a popular figure. And so evil did not begin in Germany with Adolf Hitler. But let me tell you how he sold his mantra to the German people. He sent out his minister of gossip or lies or whatever. They went to every newspaper. There weren't any television stations a few radio stations, but they passed out their messaging through newspapers. And he walked in with his boot thugged, booted thugs, and he told the publisher, one at a time of the newspapers across Germany, from now on, we're going to bring you every day what you're going to print. And the ones that said, no, we're not going to do that, they mysteriously didn't wake up the next day. And that got through the whole media operation of Germany pretty quickly. So guess what they did? They complied. And over a three-year period, Adolf Hitler used communication, media, whatever they had, through his group of people that signed on for whatever the evil was that he was going to bring. They didn't know what his ultimate objective would be. They just knew that he wanted to control the then world. And so they signed on to it day after day, day after day. The German democracy just quietly went away one piece at a time. Why is it? The media were giving stories about Adolf Hitler, his government, about Nazism, the whole nine yards. And the people swallowed it one swallow at a time until, wow, four years in? Yeah. They had the famous meeting. There's a movie out about it. I can't remember the name. If It's the only record of all of those leaders of Nazi Germany getting together in which the decision was made to start exterminating Jews. So they didn't start at the very beginning about eliminating no. 6 million people, but they got there, and they got there based upon the decisions they made from swallowing the information that came out of the political elite in Germany, which of course the universal voice was Adolf Hitler. We're looking at a situation that could easily be recreated in that same format. And the scary part, Steve, and I'll get your final comments before we go, the scary part is people at the top in the media world know all about it, and they know that it's coordinated and it's planned because they want a small group of people to dominate the government of the United States so they can take control of not money. Power gives a broker every opportunity they need to get anything they want, money included. That's where we're headed right now.
5: You you and I know this, and we have talked we talked about it a little bit during the Oath Keepers trial back last fall. And when I would step out of the, the courthouse and, and talk to you on you know Tuesday mornings. And I would tell you that on occasion, some of those mainstream media journalists, when something would happen in that courtroom that was so egregious, so. Much a um, a violation of due process, constitutional rights, are just legal processes, or just a flat-out lie being told by the U.S. attorney uh, uh, during during the the questioning of a a witness on the stand, or the ruling by the judge. Some of those MSM attorney or uh, journalists would turn around and look at me and wink. They knew they and they, they they identified me because I was the one guy in the room that wasn't like the rest of them they all knew that they had all they all figured that out in the first couple of weeks but they would turn around and they would wink at me because they knew that I was going to write about that and that they couldn't or they wouldn't because it would never make it past their editorial board but you're exactly right they know but they're silent
0: Steve, you can't be silent, I can't be silent, and we're not going to be silent. And I'm going to end this on a positive note. I got a call from a pastor buddy of mine in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, when I was in Africa last week, and he called to tell me a story because he knows the stuff that you and I are going through, the things that we've shared with this audience today about the conundrum we find out, information, passing news around, getting the truth around, how difficult it is. He said he went to church. He went early one day and he walked through the front entrance of his church and there was a little boy that had a box of puppies and he was trying to sell them They They'd just been born. I don't know how they were. He didn't either, but their eyes were shut. I don't know. When, when do puppies eyes open up about how many weeks do you know? <laughs> I, no, I don't even know. Him. Okay. <laughs> well, I shouldn't have asked him, but anyway, no, not, not me. I, I am not a puppy expert. <laughs> Anyway, he didn't think much about it. And the little boy had told him when he walked up, he said, I'm, I'm selling my Democrat puppies. And he went, huh. That was kind of interesting. So, I mean, he just passed it off and told the kid good luck and left him. Well, the next Sunday he comes back, and there's the same boy. He's got two or three of the puppies left in the box. And he said, well, what are you doing here today? And he said, the kid said, I've got a few of these Republican puppies left. And the pastor said, well, last week you told me they were Democrat puppies. These are the same puppies, right? The boy said, yeah. And the pastor asked, said, well, so why were they Democrats last week and they're Republican puppies this week? And he said, their eyes open. (laughs) A little delayed reaction there. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Truth doesn't have a political party. It doesn't. It's out there. It's just, will we embrace it and do everything we can to spread that out there? And I know you're doing it. Steve, you're a treasure. You're a good friend. But more than that, you're finding ways, new and innovative ways, to spread the message. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, Bass Lake, isn't that where you are? I am. Bass Lake, Wisconsin. Have you wet a hook yet?
5: No, I have not taken the time to do that. I'm I'm here specifically to get some work done. And and as I said, at the good graces of my uh, long term friends, and they've given me the opportunity to enjoy their back deck, which is right on the lake here. And I can enjoy the scenery and get get some writing done. And so that's what I've been availing myself of the last five days.
0: Well, thank you again for being here and enjoy the lake. We'll we'll do this again next week. And don't turn the show off. We're gonna take a break when we leave here. When we come back, I'm gonna talk about the conundrum that the president, a new one, has thrown out there. He's talking in the same sentence about debt limit increase non-negotiable. We're not gonna negotiate at all. And guess what? He's negotiating. Just another conundrum. Steve Baker, thank you for being here. We'll talk soon.
2: Thanks, Dan. No doubt you've heard about this subliminal seduction nonsense. You know, commercials that are supposed to have hidden messages in them. Well, Come to Baron. Baron Saloon denies any use of this so-called mind control. Come to Barron's. After all, Barons is seductive enough as it is. Get in your car and come right now. What with a sixteen page dinner menu crammed with delectable items? You're starting to salivate thirty dinner items under five dollars. And a happy hour that lasts from four till eight PM. Obviously, Barron's has that rare combination of good food, Take out your good fun, Give us your money. and good prices. Give us your cash. So let's put this subliminal seduction nonsense to rest. Nobody can do your thinking for you. Come to you either want to come to Barron's you do, you do. or you don't. But boy, oh boy, you do, you do. Barron's, Airport and South Academy. <laughs> morning face you get it when you don't sleep well this is what happened to Linda good
5: morning, good morning guys good morning ah, what is oh, that thing it's me
0: Linda oh my god it talks right no it's me Linda from HR it looks hungry save the children save them stay back I've got mace oh that went in my eyes moving.
2: it's called beauty sleep for a reason And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off
3: IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home.
0: Out for some lays and you face a test. Which tasty chip will be the best? Sour cream and onion, smoky barbecue. Cheddar, sour cream, salt and vinegar too. You sample them all
2: cause the crisp is so good on your lips
0: left your wallet at home but now you have a new best friend the many flavors of lay's chips one taste and you're in love dadgummit i was going to talk to steve about michael franks if you weren't with us at the top of the show every day I play after our opening I play uh, a song of my choosing to kind of get us in the mood for that day and I last week I promised that I was going to play a Michael Frank song Michael Frank's smooth jazz guy he's been one of my favorite musicians for many 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 years and I forgot to play it that day so I played one at the top of the hour your secret safe to me that was actually a top 40 hit back in probably 83, 84, made the top 10 in the nation. That's back when you could understand all the lyrics of every song, you know. (laughs) That's not a racial thing. It's a fact thing. I like to hear the lyrics when I listen to songs. But anyway, I'm gonna play a Michael Frank song going out, but I forgot to mention that, and uh, I wanted to ask him. The thing that I wanted to bring to you, the conundrum that explains, expresses exactly what Steve and I were talking about. Yesterday on the broadcast of MSNBC's Alex Wagner show tonight, the White House communications director, Ben LeBolt. Now, let me tell you what a great communicator he is. He's the communications director for the White House, Ben LeBolt. I've never heard his name before. Anyway, in that interview, he stated that the president is still not negotiating over the debt limit. And he said this, quote, What the president has been open to throughout this process is a budget negotiation, is an appropriations negotiation through the typical process. So as any good host would do, Alex Wagner asked, let me just get right to, I think, the question that a lot of folks are wondering, is the White House now negotiating over the debt? And LeBolt, White House communications director, this is the signal guy. He's the one that gets the president's message and sends it out to the world. LeBolt answered, no. Look, Alex, default is not an option. It would tip the country into a recession and cost us millions of jobs. The president simply won't allow that to happen. What the president has been open to throughout this process is a budget negotiation, is an appropriations negotiation through the typical process. And so he's deployed his team to Capitol Hill to negotiate, find a reasonable bipartisan agreement that both parties and both chambers can support. That's the way out of this crisis. We're not going to give up the economic gains of the past two years I'm nauseated. I just threw up a little in my mouth when I said that. But the guy actually said that. He ended with this. The president and his negotiators are going to protect those gains throughout this process. Mr. President, take them. Let them go. We don't need 12.7 million folk. Folk. They're not real new jobs. They're folk. Because they were there before COVID and you just got some of those people to go back to work. Anyway, that's that's not the subject of this part of this conversation. Here's what it is. Remember what I told you, quoting on the Alex show, when he was asked, is the president negotiating now? The said, no, look, Alex, default is not an option. And then later on he said, and so he's deployed his team to Capitol Hill to negotiate, <laughs> Go figure. Here is the obvious debacle in this whole mindset. They think that you and I are so stupid, we can't understand what a negotiation is. And they basically, for six months now, Joe Biden said, I got to have a clean debt limit. You got to give me a blank check. I'm going to spend it however I think is best. And we're not going to default. And if you don't do what I tell you to do, you're going to be the author of default. And so House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and the president, they've just been doing the Pee Wee Herman thing. I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? I know you are. I, know, I mean, it's that crazy. Biden's not going to negotiate, according to his White House communications director, and a paragraph. And actually the same paragraph he said, listen— We're going to the White House, from the White House to Congress, to negotiate, which is what should have happened six months ago. And we're going to allow that to happen, and it will continue to happen over and over and over until the American people take back our government. Elon Musk. He's an enigma to a lot of people, and that's not a racial term. If you don't understand the word enigma, look it up. It's somebody that you think you've got your thumb on who they are, what they do, what they think, and then you find out, whoops, may have been a bit wrong. He's one of those people. He was not in the meetings that I was in last week in uh, in Africa, but the next meetings, and I think they, I hope they're going to be here. He'll be part of it. He kind of just illustrated the frustration that you heard Steve and I just talking about. And he talked about President Biden. He said yesterday on CNBC's last call that the president was not a normal human being. Musk said, Do I believe Biden won? Yes, I believe he won. Host David Faber said, You voted for him? Musk said, I do. Faber said, do you regret that? Musk responded, I mean, man, I wish we could just have a normal human being as our president. That's what I want. If we, you know, there's an old saying of, we're better off being wronged by people picked at random from the phone book than the faculty of Harvard. I don't know who said that, but it was somebody very wise. I would say if we could do that for the president— That would be great. Faber said, you think we could do that? Obviously, you're not happy with Biden. Musk said, don't we all just want a normal human being? He continued, some of these executives' abilities are underrated. Since the president is the executive officer of the country, it actually matters if they are the executive officer. And Musk added, it's not simply a matter of do they share your beliefs but are they good at getting things done? There's a lot of decisions that need to be made every day. Many of them are unrelated to moral beliefs, and you just want a good executive to be the CEO of the United States of America. And so I want to end this thing today By telling you a sad tale that's coming out of DOJ in Washington, the Biden administration has asked the United States Supreme Court to dismiss a high profile case in which Republicans want the court to recognize state legislatures' power to regulate federal elections with no interference from state courts, which Republicans say the Constitution requires. I've read it and it does. So what's at issue? The once obscure independent state legislature doctrine, under which Republicans argue the Constitution has always directly authorized state legislatures alone to make the rules for the conduct of federal elections that are held in their respective states. That's in the Constitution. It's been tested dozens of times, and it doesn't matter if the court at that particular time is controlled by conservatives or liberals— Every one of them has agreed, constitutionally. States are not only authorized to run their elections, including, by the way, elections that include electing uh, elected officials, federal officials, as well as states. So the Biden Democrats say the doctrine's fringe. It's a fringe conservative legal theory that could endanger voting rights could greenlight partisan gerrymandering in the redistricting process and cause upheaval in the electoral process? So the doctrine's at the heart of a case. It's Moore v. Harper that's currently being deliberated by the justices after it was argued back in December last year. Republican Tim Moore, who's Speaker of the North Carolina House, is asking the Supreme Court to recognize that state legislatures have preeminent authority under the Constitution to make the rules for presidential and congressional elections without state courts getting involved in the process. And it has to do with a specific order. He's appealing an order by then-Democrat-dominated Supreme Court of North Carolina that redrew the state's election map against the wishes of the state's Republican majority legislature. State court had found the legislature approved MAP unlawfully disfavored Democrat Party voters. But while the justices in D.C. were deliberating the case, on February 3rd, the Supreme Court of North Carolina, which now has a Republican majority, decided to rehear the underlying case, known in that form as Harper v. Hall. At that time, the Supreme Court, our Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, Ask lawyers for the parties to file supplemental briefs on how to move forward. It goes back to the state Supreme Court, then reheard Harper v. Hall and overruled itself on April 28th, finding five to two that the General Assembly, not judges, has sole authority over the redistricting process. The majority opinion says that there's no judicially manageable standard by which to adjudicate partisan gerrymandering claims, and that courts are not intended to meddle in policy matters. Now, you put all that in the context of who's in the White House, who is on his watch instructing his Department of Justice to do whatever they're supposed to be doing, what he says they're supposed to be doing when they go to the Supreme Court. And here's the president, surreptitiously very quietly behind the scenes, and he's trying to get the Supreme Court to give the power of running elections, unconstitutionally give the power of running elections by the federal government top to bottom. Think about why. Why would anybody want to do that? It's to seize control, take it from the people, selling the American people on the fact You don't have to worry about it anymore. We're going to do it all from right here. And we got your back. Wow. Great show today. Thanks for being a part of it. We do this every, every day, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11. You can grab any show, go to any of your favorite podcast sites, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google, all of them. Carry the show, TNN Live. Don't miss a show. Where did that come from? I have no idea. Don't don't miss a show. Don't miss hearing anything. And, of course, our articles are published daily at truthnewsnet.org. Well, I promised a second Michael Frank song on the way out. A great title, well thought out, even prayed about. Buona, he's no home. Don't you ever invite your boyfriend here.
1: I like to be here alone. Just answer the door and feed the deer. We'll fight the telephone. Got to learn these words, and I know you will. Or I'll send you right back to Quiet Kill. Sip one, I no home. He no home. Got to peel your eyes for the heat, my dear. You got to froth and foam. Got to send away the mad puppeteer. Who seems to think this is home. Want you to speak the English right. I want you to smile and be polite. Sipwana he know. Sebuana, he know. Se